Welcome to Aim Higher, a show designed to help us realize the leadership potential inside of all of us. I'm Skip Pritchard, CEO, author, blogger, student of success, and your host. Welcome to Aim Higher. Today, we're going to talk about the power of focus. You know, when it feels like you have this pressing due date and you just can't seem to focus, you know you need to focus. And just thinking that you need to focus makes you not focus. And then everything else seems to take over. If you're like me, you don't have the ideas on what you're supposed to focus on. Instead, you have ideas on everything else all of a sudden. And they're really good ideas. So you have to go follow down the path to each one of those because you don't want to lose them. And you figure you need to clear that out so that you can get back and focus. So focus or concentration. It seems today that we're more easily distracted than ever before. We have our devices going off constantly. They buzz or they phantom buzz when they don't even, but you think, oh, something's there. And we're drawn to it. In fact, you can time yourself and figure out if there's a little ring, how long it takes for you to go to that. Watch your family. Watch them when it goes off. How long will they wait between that signal And when they look at it, even if they resist, you'll see that that is not a very long time for most. Social media is bombarding us. Notifications are bombarding us. Alerts are bombarding us. Information is raining down on us. Breaking news. We must tune in. I mean, you don't want to see your entire portfolio decline if you just had read that news article. You don't want to not know that there's a war about to happen. So we rush back to our devices. And that's only one of the many things distracting us today. And everybody wants to know, how do you focus? What do you do if you need to concentrate and get something done? And today we have an expert panel, and we're going to focus on focus. Now, let's see. This will be a test for us if we can even focus on the subject of focus. But we have an expert panel. Chip Nilgis is back with us. Welcome back, Chip. Good morning. Andrew Bordas is here. Hello. Happy to be back. And Tammy Spade. Excited to be here. So we are talking about focus, the power of focus, concentration. Let's just start with observations. As I talk about focus like that, what comes to your mind? I got nervous. You got nervous. (laughs) Overwhelmed. (laughs) I wanted to look at my phone. What are your due dates? Focus is not one of my strengths. We're we're off to a smashing start. (laughs) (laughs) Well, personality, I think, plays into that. I was thinking, actually, of you, Chip, because Enneagram 7, right? Opportunities, I'm going to chase this, and there's that, and all of these things. So you're looking at multiple different things at once. But you know how to get that and ring it down if you have to. But I think your happy place is when you don't have to, and you can just brainstorm and be creative and think about all the things that could happen, possibilities. Absolutely. But I also appreciate being around people who can focus, can help me to focus, and whose skills complement mine. So, you know, one of the ways that I achieve focus is to integrate myself into teams where my skill set can be connected to other skill sets. Always good. Always good to look for people. I always say, find people who are strong where you're weak, because then together you're much stronger. Absolutely. 
and I think about focus, I think actually think about Enneagram and productivity and Enneagram threes and Drew Bordis gets things done. He's very focused yes. on getting things and done. It's actually in the strength finders also. Um, it's one of my top five in the strength finders is focus. And it actually gives you a warning about it. Too it, much focus? Yeah. It says you can, the dark side of focus for somebody like me is I will completely steamroll over other people if they are at all in the way of what I'm trying to focus on. No, I've never seen And I that. thought, wow, that is true. But if they weren't in my way, I would have had it done by now. So, Tammy, how about you at Focus? What's your observations? Well, I, I probably fall more into the category of sometimes focused, sometimes more distracted. But distracted in a way of thinking about the end. So, you know, to some degree, you have to focus to get things done. I think about driving. If I get distracted when I'm driving, if there are a lot of other people in the car and I'm engaged in a conversation, I could wind up in like West Virginia and not really realize I had taken so many wrong turns. And yet you'd have a fabulous conversation right, the entire way. Right, I would have a wonderful conversation. Maybe that's how it was meant to be. But I think sometimes what resonated with me, Skip, was when you talked about trying to start something and not quite sure how to start it. And so you focus on other things that you can control or that are easy for you to check off your list. But the big thing that you're not quite sure how to approach does require focus. Sometimes I just start. You know, you just take the first step and then you can get going. Or sometimes I'll go to someone like Drew and say, I'm kind of struggling with this and getting started and seeing the end. I'm a bit of a perfectionist, so... No. It, it's true. So for me, if I can't see how it's going to look perfectly done, it's a little hard to start. So another strategy is just kind of outlining that. Well, you know, the other thing I notice with people is all of us are experts in a different phase of things. So you have people who are in the ideation phase and they like to brainstorm and get the things rolling. And other people are more in that perfecting, refining phase. So think about writing. Some people, I think Stephen King likes to every day, I think, gets up and starts writing something and just creates. And then other people would be much better if somebody else creates first and then takes it to a whole new level. And it's not just editing. It's literally taking it to a whole new level. So both creativity and focus, I think, your sweet spot may vary. So those mm -hmm. techniques are very interesting to see what can I do that would work for me and my team to increase focus. That's a good one. What else would you do to increase focus? I think building on what Tammy said, often I see staff struggle to plan the plan. I want to do something and I want to leap right to the start of doing and I don't see all of the work that takes place between ideation and the start of doing as work. And I don't have an intentional plan to do it. Part of what I do is M&A. And you love that process. I, I love it because you're, you don't know where you're going to end up. You're involving people from all over the organization. They're excited to participate generally. And you go through this process of discovery and, and creating order out of what may appear somewhat chaotic. And then I hand it off to somebody who's operationally efficient, right? Yeah, so. very good technique, knowing yourself and your team in that way. Drew, what, what's your thought on that? I, I've The opposite of what Chip likes is what I like. I'd rather have three people real quick get it done. But I'm curious, what he made me think of when he was saying that was, it's easier for me when I'm overwhelmed, like when I have 50 things on my plate versus if I have two. 
Like if I have, then I can sit you. there, I could, I could just spin all day on two. But if all of a sudden I've got 50, 60 things, I get real good at that matters. That doesn't answer that. Okay. That's important. Like that, 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 that. And I don't know why that is, but it totally yeah, is. I, you know, oftentimes, of course, I spent so much of my childhood working in a restaurant and I'm an observer a lot about servers and restaurants. What you're saying actually rings true. If you ever go into a restaurant and it's six o'clock, seven o'clock, buzzing, busy, crazy, kitchen is slammed. You will find your food is better. Yep. The service is outstanding. They are torn between 50 different things and you are getting the best. When you're there at 4.30 and there's two tables in the restaurant, good luck. Right. And it's that same concept. They just wander around. You think they're out smoking. Whatever it is, it's just because human nature is the adrenaline factor is not on, right? Yes. So, some people respond to that adrenaline in a in a different way. Well, other ways to increase your focus, one that always comes to mind for me are the health issues of focus. So if you don't sleep well, it tends to be hard to focus as well. Now that seems so simple, but it's really not. And sleep has only recently been elevated to this status where people think it's something sacrosanct. You want to go for it. You want to make sure that you work that in. You want to leave enough time because your focus, your everything really is dependent on sleep. In the same vein, getting up and having a short walk. You know, a lot of times I'm in my office, I'm working on something and just to clear my head or to think or whatever, I'll just do a lap around the office or two, run into people. It will help me come back and focus. Those are the kind of distractions that to me, work putting the phone down or hiding it. I like to put them face down a lot so that it's kind of out of the way. I turn off notifications. I turn off or put my phone in the other room at night when I'm sleeping or trying to sleep. Multitasking. I think multitasking, we all know, we think it works. It doesn't work, right? Now, doing a lot of things at once, we, we sometimes we think that's multitasking, right, Drew? Yeah, for me, it's, and yeah, it's not. It's, not. It's, it's just filtering and sorting right, real, lots real of quick. Things. Yeah. But if you're trying to do four or five things at the same time, everybody knows. You're fooling yourself. But exercise helps you mentally focus if you physically exhaust yourself a little bit. Music may help some people focus. Some people get distracted by it, right? So it depends on you. What other things would you do to increase your focus? couple things that I've done, and they might be in the category of a few that you mentioned, are if I have a really busy week and I have a lot I need to get done, I will kind of take a social media and news break from my phone or even from other you know places where that comes across because it's just distracting or I feel my heart rate going up when I'm reading something or you know I see a piece of news. So I just I take a social media break. So good. Every now and then, just to turn it off is incredibly important. Here's one that people don't think about, but I think about the power of no. And it's something I remember really working on with my wife, who always wanted to say yes to help people with whatever their issue is. And one of the things my wife loves to do is to cook for people and to help people. So if someone was sick and there was a church lady who said, Oh, could you make something? I remember my wife making this elaborate dinner. And she goes all out. It was this elaborate dinner, fabulous food. It was great. And then my wife delivers that dinner 
And she gets a call from the lady who organized everything. And she says, did you, you know, deliver the dinner? Yes, I did. Whatever. Explains what it was. Well, that's great. We signed you up for two other nights this week for this meal and that meal. Well, there was this pause, but my wife's mastered this now. And she says, well, it's nice that you signed me up, but you should have probably asked because I'm committed and not able to do that. You know, there's a power in that of saying no, because if you say yes, then you're saying no to other things. And so you may be saying no to the things that matter to you and saying yes to what matters to somebody else. So sure, this woman needed to fill in the box and thought, well, you know, I'll just sign you up for the rest of the week. Well, that's rude and that's not going to work. But most people probably would just say, okay, so what do you think about the power of no and how that helps you focus? You know, there was a strategy that is similar to that that I've learned to use because I often want to say yes if somebody asks. And I've learned to say, A, let me get back to you, or B, I'm not sure. And if you need an answer right now, I'll have to say no. And that way you can get your mind around it and look at it and think, can I re- what am I saying no to if I say yes to this? Can I really take this on? What is the commitment, et cetera? That's brilliant. I love the idea of giving yourself a pause. I, what I've been reading about lately is boundaries. I mentioned that yes. to you, Skip, mm-hmm. the other day. I'm a middle child from a big family. I like to help. So my go-to answer is yes, and I'm just at a point where I need to say no. And learning about emotional, financial, physical time boundaries and setting those for myself, and then in a kind way, allowing myself to live within them has been a revelation. It's a skill. I remember with my wife who literally, she asked me for techniques. This is years ago, my daughter's firstborn. And we developed a list by the phone back in the days where you had to actually answer the phone. People listening young don't even know. Was there a cord know. on <laughs> you this had to phone? Go. I think it was wireless. I'm not <laughs> sure. But you, you had to go to the phone and get it. You didn't carry it around with you. And we put a list there for her of those kind of things, exactly what you just said. Not excuses, not lies, not made up, but... I'll have to think about that and get back to you. I'll have to check my schedule. I'll have to see what else I have on my plate. And that simple act helped her kind of move past that. I have no choice but to say yes. It's interesting what, what you all are each saying because it, it sounds like it it's helpful to just have somebody, a check on you or somebody that really knows you, really cares about you that can say, oh, you're overwhelmed, Chip. How did, how did we get here? Oh, you did it to yourself. Maybe we should say no. Like, I mean, but in a... In and that's a, in how a, he would say it. I wouldn't <laughs> say that, Drew. <laughs> but, it's, but just for somebody to say, to just to give you your own reality check yeah. of, of you're allowed to say no. You know what? You didn't have to do that. Hey, you're a great person full of great intentions, but do you see where it got you all stressed out? You know, and you didn't have to be that way. So just have somebody with you that can, that can do that. That's a great a point. Gift. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. It is a gift. And for leaders, it's important to do that and help your team that way. I want to just turn to a story that I read from James Clear. And he wrote this about Warren Buffett. And I had read about this with Warren Buffett before, but I love the way he says it. He says, Warren Buffett has a two-list strategy for focused attention. And it's one of his favorite, James Clear's favorites, uh, methods for having this focus. So there's this three-step process. And here's how it works. So one day, Warren Buffett asked his personal pilot to go through this exercise. And he first asked the pilot, his name was Mike Flint, write down your top 25 career goals. And so he wrote those down. And 
I encourage everybody to do the exercise, right? Write down your goals. And then he said, you know, review the list and this time just circle your top five. What are your top five goals? And of course he went and did that. And at this point now there's two lists. There's the top five and then all the rest of them, the 20 left. And he said, okay, the ones in, in list A are the top five and list B are over there. And so he said, I'm going to be working on my top five goals right away. And that's our natural inclination, right? Go to the top five goals, start working them. And then Warren Buffett said, well, what about the second list? What are you going to do about the ones you did not circle? And the pilot said, well, I'm going to focus on the top five primarily, but the other 20 come in as a close second and they're still important. So I'm going to work them in intermittently as I see fit. They're not as urgent, but I'm going to get them done with dedicated effort. And Warren Buffett said, no, you've got it all wrong, Mike. Everything you didn't circle just became your avoid at all cost <laughs> list. No matter what, these things get no attention from you until you've succeeded with your top five. That is the power of focus. I found that story to be very compelling because most people think, even if you think about strengths and weaknesses, your manager comes to you, oh, you do this really well, you don't do this. We try to work in those things. And I've always been really vigorous about just focusing on the ones I do well and finding other ways around these because I can't waste my time with them, which is why I'm still not an Excel expert, right? So way back when I went, oh, Excel. Is a... But back then it was Lotus 1, 2, 3. I remember that. <laughs> you guys are so old. Yeah. Fine program. Yeah. Painful. So, you know, word perfect. Can we talk word oh, perfect? Yeah. yeah. It was better back then. Anyway, we tend to focus on everything and then we focus on nothing. What do you think about when you think about Warren Buffett's advice? Well, I'm thinking about my to-do list here that I have <laughs> right next to me and how I make a list. And the top things are usually at the top. And then there are all the other things that I've been carrying over from prior lists. And then I either circle or highlight things that I need to do sooner rather than later or maybe even today or tomorrow. And eventually... A lot of those other things, I just look at it and go, that's never going to get done. And it yep. doesn't need to get done. And I don't carry it forward. I mean, sometimes it does because sometimes, you know, someone, my boss might say, whatever happened with that? And then I think, oh, I've got to put that back on the list. Or you can say, well, it's irrelevant. That's why it's not done or something. You know, it can die a slow death. Yes, yes. The other thing I was thinking about talking about those strategies, using it inside a work situation. And I see it with technology and project management, but you don't see it in other areas. And it's this, I'm sorry, we're fully resourced. We'll have to look at the roadmaps and see where we can fit that in. But you never hear kind of staff functions say those things. We sort of accept it on the technology front or a project front. But when it comes to, you know, human resources or marketing, for example, if I said, I'm sorry, we're fully resourced, people would look at me like I had three heads. You know, I all day yesterday had the, I need five minutes. And I'd love to say I'm fully resourced. It was a day that I was tapped. I was, there was no, you know, I did the list at the end of the day and went, that was like a year's worth of work. You know how you have those days? And we don't do that. You know, there's not a sense of we're, I'm fully resourced. I can't do it. But yes, they do that a lot in technology as a way to I admire it. Yeah. Get you to go away. <laughs> Probably. I just want to end with this. Is there anything you can do? to help focus your whole team. If the team is losing focus on something, how do you get them back on track? I think talking about what really matters and doesn't. I mean, two extremes of 
you know, let's say we solved this tomorrow. Let's say we never solved this. What would happen? Because there's always work to do, but it's not always of equal importance. Just, you know, week in, week out, year in, year out. And sometimes you're working on something that, you know what, if a crisis happened tomorrow, we would drop that thing like a hot potato and wouldn't pick it up for a year. So is it really important or not? And I think that can help the team just kind of crystallize on this is what matters, this is what doesn't, focus on that, set that aside, avoid at all costs. Yeah, and some people like you love those days are more skilled at doing the sorting than others. And some will carry those lists and the lists are, they don't ever drop anything off. No, right? and they'll flog themselves for yes. having the list. And, and yes. And by the way, same thing with email. Big sense of if you're drowning and not succeeding at work is if your email box is too large. Sorry if that's breaking news to anybody, but I can look at your inbox and tell you how likely you will be to be successful that year every time. So if you don't learn to delete, move on, and decide quickly, you will never make it. That's my prediction. See, I just judge people for it. I don't really, <laughs> I don't really tell them to do anything different, but I'm, I'm silently judging them. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's okay. good. That's good. Well, this has been a great conversation about the power of focus. We were somewhat focused on focus, and I'm impressed that we were. We didn't wander down too many. We kept chip under control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah thank sure. you. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Anyway, thank you for listening to Aim Higher. Thank you for rating and reviewing the show, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Aim Higher with Skip Pritchard. Check out skippritchard.com for more episodes, interviews, book reviews, and leadership insights. Until next time, remember, don't settle for the mediocre, always aim higher. Thank you.